You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So yes, I'll tell you all my public speaking goes as far as what you do in speech class in high school. What's up? Um, (laughs) I've had the amazing privilege to work with our kiddos um, in kids church for about the same amount of time that I've been with her church, which I think is seven-ish years, somewhere around there. Um, So every week, or most weeks anyways, I get to be back there hanging out with them, worshiping, being silly, having a good time. Um, And if I say something silly, you know, they love it, so... (laughs) Uh, thankfully, Tina is so gracious to be up here with me and be my support. Um, y'all don't know how much support she gives me and how she, hard she works for Hope Church. So um, when you get an opportunity, I'll thank her. <laughs> I, think, I think you work pretty hard, too. <laughs> this woman's heart is amazing, and hopefully you hear that a little bit today. You parents know her heart. So anyway, little, he raised his hand when you said, I work with the kids. He was like, yeah, that's me. I saw you. Yeah, me, me and Damari, we've been hanging out since he's about four, so I think maybe, maybe a littler than that. So. Um, so we're wrapping up faith. And, you know, as we all know, faith is not an easy thing. It's not easy to keep going in that faith when you're coming up in hard times. Um, and I was thinking this morning about how... You know, what do you do when you're preparing for something that you're going to have to have endurance through? Um, I'm not an athlete of any kind, um, so I've never had any kind of training in that. But for most of my um, working history, I worked in food service for 10 plus years. If you ate at Chili's any time between 2009 and 17, I probably waited on you because I lived there. (laughs) And um, for a good part of that, too, I was uh, part of the training team. I was the training team captain. And if you've never worked in food service, you have no idea how much endurance you do have to do to have that job. You're not just walking by, smiling, saying hi to people, taking food overs. When you're in the back, you're running back and forth, you're filling up the ice bins, you're busting tables, you're, um, I mean, 90 billion things at once, not to mention everything you have running through your mind. Okay, table one needs ranch, and this table needs a refill, and this needs that, and it's crazy. Um, But that's, you know, you have to have endurance for those things. And when I was on the training team, they used to always tell us when you get in the weeds, which is what they call it whenever, you know, just you're getting, you know, five tables set at once and you got to take all these orders and you have a trainee with you. They're like, don't leave them when you get in the weeds. Don't just send them to go get a drink here, fill this ranch up here, keep them with you. We used to joke about like taking a string and tying them to our waist so that they would stay with us. And show them, if you don't train them what to do when you're in the weeds, they're never going to know what to do to get out of the weeds, to keep going. Um, So the title of our message today is how to stand strong in your faith. 
Because faith is something you have to work on every day. You know, Pastor Todd's talked about it. You have to put your faith to work. Pastor Crystal said, you know, we have to have commitment in our faith. And we talk about all the things that faith can do. But you have to stay strong in that faith. Um, so if you have your Bibles, please grab them. Or, of course, we have our wonderful Church Center app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, please do so. Um, you're really missing out if you don't have it. It's got the sermon notes in there. You can follow along with us. Um, I love the check-in process because it gives you an electronic code sticker that all of you know that you have. Um, if you have to pick your kiddos up, you don't have to keep up with your paper sticker anymore. Um, you can connect with your groups. So if you don't have it already, um, please get it downloaded and you can follow along with us. So the first... Um, scripture I have for you this morning. And when I say stand strong in your faith, I call it having faith in your faith. Um, I know that might sound a little confusing, but that's just kind of how I refer to it. But what is faith? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And when I started um, preparing notes for this sermon, I went to Hebrews chapter 11 um, I, I think Pastor Todd called it the Hall of Faith. I don't know. I think that's what he said. I never knew that it was referred to that. But if you read through Hebrews chapter 11, I mean, it's just, it hits you with all these different stories and, um, can't think of the word I'm like, descriptions of faith and things that have happened along the way. And so I just thought it was fitting that we start off with that. Um, but I wrote the, I have a whiteboard in my kitchen and I wrote this script and it was on my whiteboard for, for months and I said it every day, every day, every day. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And it just really resonated with me. Um, when they say that God will kind of, when you're preparing a message, it really does, I mean, it, it works through you. Um, you know, Satan knows what kind of a message God is getting ready for you to deliver. And let me tell you, he'll, he'll throw it at you. He'll discourage you in every way that he can. <laughs> so my first point for you today is believe in your prayers to God. Um, when Tina was looking over the notes with me uh, and the when she kind of got to this point, she's like, wow, oh, you're just going to kick them in the teeth right off the bat. <laughs> but, you, you know, that's kind of the way we roll around here, right? <laughs> uh, you know, we need, we need a little tough love sometimes. I know, I know I do. I always say when God talks to me, he usually yells at me because, you know, I'm that kid. He's, you know, giving me quiet reminders, but then he yells at me and I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm sorry. That's why we work so well together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we relate. So when, you, when I say believe in your prayers to God, if we say that we believe in the Lord, then we should fully believe in his abilities to, you know, to answer what we're asking for in prayer and to stand firm in that belief. I mean, can we really say that we believe in him if we're not having that full belief in his abilities? You ready for me? Yeah. Take so, it away. She was asking me to share a, a personal story about a time that I had to have, I guess, faith in my faith. And, um, you know, she mentioned 
she's talked about you can pray for stuff and <clears throat> we know we're supposed to have the faith but it doesn't look like it's going to work out and so that faith starts to diminish um, <clears throat> my example would have been a lot more powerful today um, had the little snot-nosed brat been with me but just so you know part fast forward to the end today he is serving in his um, church because other people are on vacation and he is filling in so you know that I didn't kill him before I start my story so um, we've always been a close family um, or a very tight-knit family um, we do everything together family is very important to us and uh, one of my children was spoken over at a conference and they said um, that baby you're holding is like Samuel and at some point you're gonna have to turn that baby over to the house of the Lord just let go well if any of you know me very well <laughs> I, I kinda need to have the say so life is no different with my children as Jasmine and so some of you don't know us um, enough to know that we do have another child Jasmine's not an only child um, she probably sometimes wishes she was. We know her brother wishes he was. He told us all the time. If y'all would have just had me, we'd have more money right now. We could do whatever we wanted. I'm not making this up. He said, but we have an older son. His name is Broderick. He lives in Oklahoma. Um, him and I are like oil and water because we're exactly alike. If so, if you ever wonder if God has a sense of humor, yes, he does. So um, from little on, Broderick and I were always kind of like Grant used to affectionately refer to us as two bulls with our horns locked when he'd walk into a room. And so as Broderick grew older, we always off, we offered the, to both of our children, you can live in our house as long as you need to live in our house. You can go to school. We'll help you pay for school. You do whatever you decide you need to do as an adult. You can, your, our door is open as long as you need it to be within reason. But the caveat to that is this is my house. I don't care if you're 18 or 40 or 10. This is my house. So it's my rules. Well, you fast forward. Broderick's 18. He graduates. What was our plan for our children? Go to college, obviously. That's what we've been preaching to them since they came out of the womb. Because Grant and I, neither one, went to college right out of high school. And we know the struggle if you don't have a trade or a degree or something that sets you apart from everybody else. <clears throat> Broderick tried college. It was a horrible semester because he, I don't think he'd care for me telling his business, even if he does. Eh, I made him. He'd be mad. That's right. But he flunked out of all subjects other than what would you think that my son would flunk out of in college? Math! Literally spent hours and hours screaming, dude, you have a math teacher living in your house. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know. Okay, okay. Anyway, so we did one semester of college, not for me. Well, Broderick got in a very unhealthy relationship that was not um, contributing to our family dynamic whatsoever. It was actually tearing our family dynamics apart. Um, this person was toxic, um, terrible for my son, and he couldn't see the forest for the trees. And we tried. I tried all different kind of roads. I tried accepting her, and then I tried pushing her. Nothing worked. And uh, about a year after he graduated, everything, everything blew up. And I literally mean blew up. 
I know that we tell everybody here, oh yeah, Broderick just decided to go back to Oklahoma. That's a cute story we tell people. We drove him to Oklahoma on a Saturday night, gave him to Grant's mom and said, here you go, because I'm going to kill him. Um, If you've ever, you know that Grant's the nice one. So his, that's what, he got it from his mother. And so his mother, when we got there, she said, Broderick, you know, we're all just doing this because we love you. And it's like, y'all, it's like one in the morning. And Grant and I have to be at church the next morning. We're in Oklahoma. And him and I had gone toe-to-toe all day long, and I looked at him, and I said, some of us are just sick of dealing with you, let's be honest. And my mother-in-law went, I was like, I'm just being honest. So we get in our car, we drive back. Over the course of, uh, and we were at church that morning, so all y'all that too tired to go to church, drive to Oklahoma and back in the middle of the night. Anyway, we, uh, it was, was a rough probably year, y'all. And I remember very specifically there was a time that Broderick came to my house and he gathered up the rest of his stuff. I don't even know that he told me bye. Sure didn't hug me. And he walked out of that door over on Glen Haven, and I was washing dishes. And I looked at Grant. As soon as he walked out of the door, I just broke down. I said, I don't think I'm ever going to see him again. Now, you have all these things and these scriptures about you raise a child in the way they should go, and they'll not depart from it. And you're like, where's that right now? And you get angry. But then you have this little short Indian guy living in your house. <laughs> and he's like, Tina, you just got to have faith. You just got to have faith. And then you question, and you're thinking, what have I done as a mother? What did I go wrong as a parent? And then, what's his name? Kermit Bell? Is that his name? He came one Sunday in the midst of all that. And prayed for Grant Nine. He gave me such a release, and he said, "Listen, this is normal." And I'm thinking, it doesn't feel very normal. He said, "Every kid has to have their own crisis of faith." He said, "Up to this point, they've been living on mom and daddy's faith." And he said, "This is normal, and you just have to let him go." And I went back to those words at that conference. It's got to be like Samuel, and you got to give them to the Lord and let them go. And so all I could do was pray. And so Tali talked about you're praying and it's not looking like you want it to look. And I literally had to let go. And then again, if you know me, that has to be God because I'm the mom that says, listen, Sharon, you're going to do it like this and you're going to do this. And then after you do that, you're going to do this. You hear me? That, I'm just being honest. It's who I am. And I had to completely change the way I parented a grown person. Of course, I mean, I know that's a change anyway. But I let go and let Broderick be Broderick. And I was Tina. And I finally decided, I was like, you know what? When he calls, I'm not going to automatically give instruction. I'm just going to love him. And if he was standing here today, he would tell you all the same stuff. If you're friends with him on Facebook, you've seen him post about it. Our story hasn't been clean. Our story's been messy. But we stayed the course, and regardless of what either one of us has done to the other, we know we love each other. And in just about two hours, little fart knocker's heading to come see his mama, and he'll hug his mama, and he'll love on his mama. And so 
The verse I want to leave you with for my little part, and I probably went way too long, and I'm very sorry, but have y'all met me? <clears throat> my verse I cling to is Galatians 6, 9. Can't see through my tear allergy and crying and everything else. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. But there's this big fat word in the middle. I feel like it should be underlined, bolded, italicized. If we do not give up. I never gave up on the brat. He never gave up on me. And so whatever, if you're going through something today and you're like, God, this is not what you promised me. It might just be a rough road. And you never know who you're going to have to help with your testimony later. Because how many people go through the trenches with their kids? Yes. So, it may not always look like what you thought. But you just keep relying on God. And he's going to traverse those waters with you. He's going to be in the trenches with you. Absolutely. <clears throat> and with all that being said... And I think that's a Pastor Todd line, so y'all can't tell that I've watched him for many years. <laughs> um, we talk about standing firm in that belief, and um, it says in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Because I promise you, you have received it. You may not have received it in the way that you think that you should but you have received it. If you look hard enough, it's, it's there in God's way and in God's time. Um, faith, lots of times it starts with obedience. Um, and you would just be amazed how um, tremendously your faith can grow in that obedience to God's word. So the second point I have for you is have faith in God's time and way. In Proverbs, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a whole lot, so I hope y'all are in your app, because if you have to follow me in the Bible, it's all over the place. <laughs> but in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. We can plan all day long about how we're going to do things, when we're going to do things, why we're going to do things, but at the end of the day... The Lord's plan is all that matters. And the Lord's plan is the only one that's going to come through, no matter what we decide. No matter if we say yes, no, maybe, not now, it's going to happen. He may not use us. He might have to use somebody else if we're too hard-headed to listen. But it's going to happen. One way or another, it's going to work out the way that God said, okay? <laughs> so I encourage y'all, don't be discouraged when God doesn't provide the answer in the in the way that you asked or the way that you expect it you know expected it to be and you really have to be willing to see the way that God has answered your prayer right. you know when you're growing weary and you know you're down on your knees and you're going God I just I just don't understand like this just isn't working you know this is not what I signed up for this is you know I'm just treading water here Look for those blessings where he has already answered it. Look at the things that he's already worked out. 
You know, as they say, when you're in a difficult situation, sometimes, you know, it took you a while to get there. It didn't just, you know, overnight you were in this, you know, going, battling through this major storm. You know, there were steps along the way that kind of took it there. And sometimes it takes just as long to get back. But he is going to get you back. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, we, Pastor Todd talked about uh, Abraham last week, and I think Pastor Crystal might have too. You know, Abraham really, if you just read, you know, the story of Abraham, it's probably one of the biggest stories of faith that you can read because, I mean, that's all they had. You know, that's all, he didn't have the written word of God. He had to have faith to do all the, you know, awesome things that he did. Um, and when we try to do things our own way, we usually mess it up. So... They wanted to have a child. Sarah couldn't have a child. And they had been waiting and waiting and waiting. God promised them a child. And it wasn't happening. So Sarah gave Abraham her, her maidservant. And said, here, have a baby with her. I, maybe I can build a family through her. And if you read on in the story, um, Hagar is how you say her name, right? I think so. <laughs> so Hagar starts, um, you know, despising Sarah. And... Um, you know, being angry with Sarah. And in turn, Sarah starts mistreating her, you know, because she's, you know, they're just not getting along. And and obviously, we don't, you know, we see that that's not the way that God had planned it. You know, God turns it around and we know that, you know, they he gave them Isaac and Isaac was born to carry on their family lineage. But um, just saying that to say that, you know, sometimes we mess it up. Um, to give you a little personal reference for me, like I said, I've been working with the kids for almost as long as I've been with Hope Church. I worked with the kids ministry at the previous church I attended as well. And all through the years, I would pray and pray and pray um, for God to show me my purpose. Um, I always wanted to be a little more involved in ministry or be involved in, in different ways and and leading others to God. I have a lot of, um, as probably many of us do, a lot of friends that I've watched over the years walk down some really tough paths and I always wanted to be able to minister to them in a bigger way and to other people in a bigger way to show them the great things that God had done in my life and the great things that I'd seen done in other people's life. And... Um, for the longest time, I was really frustrated. You know, I didn't feel like God was answering me because, you know, I'm just truckling along in, in kids. I didn't really feel like I was getting like a, you know, firm word from God, like, this is what you're going to do. Like, you know, he wasn't mapping it out for me. And I'm a planner um, and I have to map things out. But, you know, God doesn't really always work that way. <laughs> um, and... So, you know, going forward, praying, praying, praying. <laughs> Thank you. Um, God wasn't ready for me to do more than what I would. He was still having to work out a lot of things within me. Um, a few years ago, uh, we were going through some tough storms um, at my home, and um, I wasn't always the nicest person, whether y'all want to believe that or not. Um, was very angry a lot, a whole, whole lot. Um, you know, when you're and not acting, not taking care of my anger in the proper way. 
um, I was ha- I was struggling big, big, big time with uh, forgiveness for you know one particular individual, and um, God really it took a long time to work that out for me to forgive that person and. If I wasn't taking care of my anger in the right way, if I wasn't being able to forgive people the right way, um, you know, I, w- I wasn't quite ready for more. And one thing that I had to be very obedient in um, and hard for me to say is, is tithing. That was a very big struggle for me for a very long time. Um, people talk about living paycheck to paycheck. That's all we've ever lived in my house. <laughs> and that's okay, but... I was one of those what you call, you know, I was a tipper. I'd give God what I had left over. And every time somebody was up here, um, you know, giving the offering talk or talking about tithing, I was always convicted, you know. And some days I'd, I'd leave with my feathers kind of ruffled because I'm like, well, y'all, I mean, y'all really don't understand. <laughs> um, no, not always. I mean, you know, Grant had a part in that too. But it was it was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I I think I've it might have been written in a car or something, but I I've told uh, Pastor Grant and Tina they really have taught me a lot through their testimonies about tithing. Um but I I wasn't tithing the way that I needed to and I would start to do it, you know, the 90-day challenge would come around and I would, you know, I would get fired up and I'd start the 90-day challenge and, you know, a big blessing would come through and, you know, sometimes I even called Pastor Todd and Crystal a couple of times and celebrated that with them and then, you know, keep going and going and going and bills start running behind or you don't think that you have enough to get through, you know, the next week. Well, I'm not going to have enough for gas. I'm not going to have enough for food. And um, so I'd start you know, pulling back the reins and going, you know, God, I just, I just don't have it. And so I don't, I can't tell you the specific day that it happened or it turned around or I think I, cause I'm a journaler and I think I've got it written in one of my journals, but, um, somebody was up here talking about tithing. I think it was Grant, one of the messages he was given. It's all, it's all good things, all good things. And See, it's uh, not just me that he gets on to. <laughs> And so, you know, and I, I had written, I was like, you know, God, you keep hitting me in the face with this. You know, this is just something I'm going to really have to buckle down and be obedient to. And I've got to start giving my tithes and being faithful to that. And it, it was hard. It, it was very, very, very hard for me. Um, but, you know, finally I did it. And um, to be honest, any time that I thought about serving more and being more involved with hope, I was like, you know, I can't do that if I'm not giving God my all. If I'm not giving him what he's asking, then I can't be an example to anybody else. You know, I've got to take care of that in my heart first. Um, and it's just, you never know the way that God is going to answer you. And... Um, it was never in my plan to be up here talking in front of any of y'all because I'm I'm the same as every one of you. And I'm I'm not an introvert, but I'm not an extrovert either. I'm kind of right there in the middle. Um, I know how to talk to people if I have to. I worked in customer service a long time. <laughs> but uh, never in my plan to get up here and talk to anybody. Uh, never really my plan to be a, a you know an intern. I'd... 
messaged Pastor Todd one day, and I thought it was just going to be, you know, like regular conversation. Uh, you know, I really value education. You can't teach what you don't know, and had played with the idea of um, maybe getting a, I've, I've never had any college, just so y'all know, but I played with the idea of, well, maybe I should get a degree in theology, and I text Pastor Todd one day, and I said, hey, if I was going to get a degree in theology, what advice, if any, would you give me? We text back and forth for a little bit, but eventually the conversation, you know, turned into, actually pretty quickly, Pastor Todd asked me, well, do you feel called? And I really just wanted to quit texting him, like right then. I was like, I, I was kidding. Um, I just, I, I mean, it is, in all fairness, it is, but I was just like, yeah, I, I was just kidding. Never mind. Um, <laughs> you know, but I told him, I said, well, I mean, yeah, like it, it's always been there. I've always, I've always felt it. I just don't, didn't know when, where, how. Um, you know, Pastor Todd talked to me about uh, internship. He said, you know, do you want to talk about it? I said, okay. Came up, you know, talked to him about it. He kind of let me know how it works and how things go. Um, but I think it was the very next Sunday we were in worship. And we were singing, and we were, I don't know the name of the song, but it, and it says, you know, we need to move, we're here for you. And I'm standing there, I'm singing, my whole body is vibrating because the, you know, in the song that we sang earlier, you know, Holy Spirit, you make my heart pound, that's what was happening. And like I told you, God has to yell at me, and he did, and I'm singing, you know, we're here for you, we need to move, and he goes, then move. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's literally what he said. He said, "Then move. You know, if you if you if you want to do this, then then you got to move. You got to take the step." Um, so that's what got me up here. Okay, so um, apparently I'm running really really long. Sorry, I don't know how to do this, y'all. But <laughs> the very last point that I have for y'all is don't doubt your faith. When you let doubt creep in, if you're letting doubt creep in, you need to take care of that quickly and take care of it quickly with prayer because Satan will, he will throw everything that he can at you to make you doubt that. And I had a lot more for y'all, but, you know, just think about Daniel. Um, you know, in the very beginning, he's supposed to be working for the king. He's training. He won't eat the food. He says, you know, test me. Um... And then he comes out looking better than the other people. But, you know, then even bigger, he's in the lion's den. He gets thrown in the lion's den for, for praying to God, for relying on God and asking for help. He knew, exact, he knew that it would happen. They put it in writing. Um, but God delivered him from the lion's den. The last scripture that I want to share for you all before um, I give you the what does this mean for us, I think we can all relate to Peter. Um, lost my spot. <laughs> so in Matthew 14, 28 through 31, it says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. Um, all right, he saw the water, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, and God immediately reached out and caught him. Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When we're on fire for the Lord, we're focused, you know, we, our doubt kind of ceases. But the minute that storm comes, the minute 
something gets thrown in our face, that's when we start sinking, that's when that doubt starts creeping in, and we have to strive to overcome that doubt. And remember that God is always faithful. God doesn't owe us anything. All that we have, all that we ever will be, everything's made possible through his sacrifice. There is nothing at all that he owes us. You know, there's nothing more that we could ever ask for him. But he tells us in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Because that's the God that we serve. That's how awesome he is. He's already given us everything, but he says anything that you need, ask and it's and you can have it. Why would we not want to be just as faithful to him as he is to us? Before she gives you her questions, and I know we're short on time, it'd be fine. Um, the scripture about Peter looking away. I can't tell you how many people gave me their advice and their opinion about the situation with my son. And you could be in the same place. But here's my question to you about the people you're talking to and the opinions you're listening to. Do you know that that person is praying as hard for your situation as you are? Do you know that that person is even praying at all? Or are they just spouting off at the hip because they want to hear themselves talk and they're um, a nosy Nancy and want to get in your business? And so just like Peter, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. Your faith is going to be strengthened because he is your heavenly father and going to wrap his arms around you. And he's going to guide you. And back to her verse in Proverbs, we may have a plan and know what we want to do, but God's going to direct your steps. He's going to go make you go down the right path. So I would encourage you to be like Peter and stay focused. When the, he first got out, he was focused. Don't lose your focus and be careful what voices you're listening to in the midst of your storm. So what does this mean for us? Are you tired of being lukewarm? Someone call it straddling the fence. Um, hot when your prayers are answered and, and cold and bitter when they're not. I, I've been there. I told me. you she was kicking you in the teeth. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm telling you, this is something God's hit me in the face with a lot and convicted me on. Um, so I've been, I've been there, right, right there. Um, but we've got to start... We have to stop being lukewarm. We have to get on fire all the time for God. We have to be the example. We have to be the living example to others whose faith has been shattered, whose world is crumbling around them. We have to be that example for them. Do you need to quit looking for your answers, your solutions, and instead look at the ways that God has already answered it? Because like I told you, he has. I promise you, he has. You have to be willing to look at how he's answered it. And the last question I have for you is, do you truly believe that our God can do anything? I mean, do you, do you need to check your faith? Because I've had to. You know, sometimes it's something that we have to do over and over and over again. 